Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent Magazine, with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, this is Miriam. Welcome to the latest episode of Apparently Speaking, where I'll be discussing kids and teens and sleep with Dr. Jyothi Krishna. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. Dr. Krishna is Director of Sleep Medicine at Akron Children's Hospital and an Associate Professor of Pediatrics at the Northeast Ohio Medical University. Board certified in pediatrics and sleep medicine, Dr. Krishna is an educator, researcher, and author who is widely published and presented on topics such as childhood sleep disorders, pediatric sleep apnea, insomnia in children, and other topics related to kids and sleep. So thank you so much, Dr. Krishna, for being here today. Miriam, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad that you're here. Thank you so much. You know, it's funny because anyone who knows me um, would find it really funny that I would be talking about sleep because <laughs> I'm definitely a night owl. I love to stay up late. I feel like that's when I am most productive, but I hate to get up early in the morning. So I really probably should have been a rock star, except I have a horrible singing voice. So that wouldn't work for me. But I know that I don't get enough sleep and anyone who knows me, you know, they know I don't get enough sleep. So, um, it's might be kind of funny that I'm, but I always say that's my goal is to get more sleep. Um, but I feel I'm rubbing off on my kids in a bad way. So you're going to turn me around today. Maybe I can help you. (laughs) I think so. So I do think that it's an important topic and specifically with teens, because I know that the teens today, and I have a couple in my house, you know, they're just not getting, the right amount of sleep or enough sleep because of everything that's going on. So what would you say would be kind of a general guideline at different ages for sleep? Oh, well, uh, newborns, you know, sleep a lot, right? So they're they're (laughs) sleeping upwards of 14 to 16 hours a day. And then adult sleep maybe need about seven to eight hours. Uh, Do they get that much? That's a different issue altogether. But somewhere in between there are the teens that are Mm -hmm. the topic of interest for today. Uh, And, you know, research has shown us uh, whether anyone believes this or not. (laughs) My teenage patients do not believe it when I tell them, hey, you guys need about nine hours, give or take half an hour, depending on where you are on that spread. So that's a lot of hours that they're not getting. That's right. I agree. (laughs) Just even just with my, I have a daughter who's 16 and... I just know that she's not even last night, you know, because she had some activities and then she had homework. So she was up. I mean, it was past midnight, you know, and she gets up at six. So she was obviously away. And then some nights it's better, but um, it just seems like night after night, you know, it just gets later and later. And it's like, no, I have to get this done. Or I have a test. Or I have to get this, you know, get all this stuff done. And so I find myself, you know, she's up too late. Right. And and then if you take the, uh, the slightly younger ones, you know, the middle schoolers or the uh, early schoolers, they might need up to 12 hours, oh, 10 12. to 12 hours. Okay. Yeah. And and so with the lifestyle we guys live at this point of time, um, most children are not getting, I think, what they need. But I that's agree. the challenge. Yeah, that's the challenge. But, you know, and also, I mean, because, you know, you mentioned the lifestyle that we lead because kids are busier than ever, which doesn't mean that's a good thing, but they are busier than ever. I feel like the the schools, you know, there's more pressure and, and um, you know, schools start early. And that was that's one thing that's come up. I know, you know, um, that they should start 
you know, high school later and things like that. And that's been shown, I think, with some research that that would be a good thing. I know a lot of schools just logistically with buses and things like that, it's hard to do. But what are your thoughts on that? Well, the research is uh, all pointing in the same direction. Teenagers can do with a little bit extra sleep in the morning time. Mm -hmm. They are not like, like you said, they are not like morning larks. And something about um, their hormonal system and their biological clock keeps them up later at night and wants to make them stay asleep a little bit later into the morning. So um, it's best if schools start at 8.30 or so. I think that's the ballpark time that most research is uh, recommending. And a lot of schools have begun to adopt that, but it's still a smattering of schools. Uh, the debate is still very large uh, against this idea. And, uh, you know, for instance, right now, uh, I believe there's a bill sitting in the California governor's office waiting to be signed. Um, they have, it failed last year. It came up again this year uh, to see if they can change the school times for teenagers to be uh, uh, in, in high school, that is, yeah, uh, to right, be 8.30 a.m., 8.30 yeah. a.m., yeah. And I think the people that are against it, maybe because they're thinking, well, then activities after school would be later and things like that. But And like I said, sometimes it's like, well, the elementary start at that time, so they have the bus situation and all those kind of you know logistics um, to work out. But research does show, and I've read a lot on it too, that it, it is better and they would perform better right. academically. And not just research here. I mean, uh, I have looked at even the, uh, the research on the economics of this and the Brookings Institute and the RAND uh, Corporation, they have come up with some data to show that, hey, if you could do this, delay their school times, the teenagers would be more productive, there would be less crashes in vehicles. And if you add all the costs together of better function, better performance, and uh, lower negative costs like uh, car wrecks, you come out ahead billions of dollars yeah. per year. Uh, so I, I would be it. for it. I think yeah. it would be great. I, I would definitely be for it. Um, hopefully that wouldn't mean that they would just stay up later and later. That's what, you know what I mean? Like sometimes that's what happens on, on, on one day of the week, my daughter has a later start. So then that night she says, oh yeah, but I have late start. So she's, that's kind of her excuse where she can stay up later. And, and she is doing work. It's not like she's just, you know, watching TV or something. But then I think, just because you have a later start, that means you should get some more sleep. You know, that's the benefit of it. But but they've done studies on that exact mm -hmm. question because people have argued yeah. that if you just let them sleep in in the morning, they will not go to bed early enough at night. And all they will do is just shift their time and still lose sleep. And that, in fact, does not happen. Oh, great. Okay. So research has shown this. In fact, there's some pretty cool research from Seattle, in, and they did it in their in uh, Washington State area schools, where they had some data before the school shift and after the school shift, their times, and they discovered that there was a net gain in the number of hours the kids were getting. So okay. they did not, in fact delayed their sleep. That's great. They didn't stay up beyond the point that. that what they were doing before. So it's anyway. about the same. So they're gaining that extra hour exactly. or so in the morning. Okay. 30, 35 minutes yeah. on average they're gaining. Great. And that makes total. a big difference. Oh huge. It really does. <laughs> you know my snooze button is my 
favorite button on my phone. Me too. So even nine minutes helps me. Definitely. I look, I'm like, all right, this will be good. I can right. do this. Nine minutes or nine more minutes. Yeah. Then, yeah. You, then I start thinking like, well, I don't have to really do this. I, I can just put my hair in a ponytail so I can hit it again. Or I can do some other exactly. things like that to delay that. That's right. I would imagine, obviously, nowadays that the screens at night and screens being in the room would be an issue as far as teens and sleep as well, right? Of course they yeah. are. Yeah, undoubtedly. So screens, I, I think, function in a couple of ways to delay uh, bedtimes. One is is the light itself. That blue light from the screens works against the melatonin system. And melatonin, as you know, is a hormone that we naturally secrete in the evening hours and that sets our clock and our bodies kind of into a mode of let's go to bed and go to sleep. Kind of, so It opens the gateway to sleep and this melatonin starts rising towards the late evening hours and it is designed to work with the sun, the sunrise and sunset. Uh, of course, we we are in artificial light all the time now, uh, but if you shine a light directly into your eyes, such as a closely held uh, tablet or cell phone, you're doing yourself no favors. Um, and that melatonin rhythm, then that rise of melatonin can be delayed or shifted to a later time so that you're automatically delaying your own clock uh, unknowingly. So you're kind of your body's changing and then you you would have a harder time falling asleep earlier even if you tried because you've done that damage, so to speak. Right. So that melatonin hormone is secreted by a gland inside your brain called the pineal gland. And that rises in the evening when the light factor is low and it tends to disappear a couple of hours before it's your natural wake-up time. So that's the rhythm. It goes up at night, comes out in the day. And if you shine a light in the eyes at night... It just simply rises later on in the night, so you don't feel sleepy at the usual okay. time. So, so you just kind of delay early. your clock. Yeah. No, you like, delay. I can't fall asleep. Well, that's right. because every night you have had, had, had that phone right. in your eyes at night. Right. Okay. And, and that's, just, go ahead. that's one aspect yes. of the cell phone. The other aspect is the content that you're watching itself. So if I'm watching an exciting piece on, on, on my screen... I don't want to put it down. I want to see the end of it, you know, and then maybe tap the next thing that comes up. Right. So so that's one aspect. And then the social aspect, because it's not just watching passively. Now people are forwarding interesting videos on WhatsApp or, or Instagram or whatever that people are engaged in. So it's this constant input into your system um, maybe excites and the, the the wrong kind of stimuli and the wrong hormones are raging at night instead of the quiet ones, you know. And so I don't think we are sleeping for those several reasons. So cell phones and right. tablets are a bad idea. It doesn't work at yeah. night. It doesn't mix, right? And yeah. even with the, the social part of it, I think the kids having them, um, you know, in their rooms at night like that, my kids can't have them in their rooms at night. They go, they get put downstairs in the office or whatever. So, um, but... I'll be working sometimes in there and I hear the constantly going off with these alerts or someone posted to their social media page or this, that, and this, that. So I know if it was in their room, that's just really too hard to ignore, you know, that they don't have that willpower yet. So they would be checking it or looking at it, responding to it, all these kind of things. So I think that that's just a really big temptation for the kids to have that there and be expected to like 
you know, unless they shut it off kind of thing, but to have it up there and, and actually go to sleep. So you have actually asked your kids to keep those phones away and charge them elsewhere? Well, not asked. Mm-hmm. That's the rule. You, you, that's the rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I wish more moms were yeah. like you, you know? <laughs> Because the excuse I commonly get, oh, my cell phone is also my alarm. Well, you know? I bought them. A, you can buy an alarm clock for five bucks. Yes. Yeah. See? <laughs> and, so that is my usual yeah. spiel in, in, in my clinic. You know, you yeah. just, just buy the regular alarm. Just buy and, an and, old-fashioned and alarm phones. clock. Yeah. Right. I get it that it's the, it, that kids can use that as their alarm. I use it for my alarm clock. Right. But I have, you know, and even sometimes I'm too late. Like you said, I'm looking at that or I want to finish this or that. But, right. you know, hopefully the adult has a little more willpower or sense or whatever. So I've just always kind of thought they shouldn't. Plus, I, I don't, they don't need to be on them that late. Like you said, you know, they're, they need to get sleep and they would be on it. I know they would because it's just too tempting. So, yeah, they get plugged in in the downstairs in my office before everyone goes to bed. Right. And the other thing I hear in my clinics all the time is children tell me that they actually have the TV or some device on. On. Air quotes just for the noise. Yes. <laughs> and I'm not really watching it, Dr. Krishna. <laughs> And I say, yeah, right. Yeah, right, <laughs> and, right, right. And yeah, it doesn't work that way because even if you're not watching it and some people swear my back is turned towards the TV, um, the noise and the changing soundscape will actually disturb you. And you can't help but get engaged with that. You know? Right. It's not really white noise as they claim it to be. Right. So they say, it helps me sleep. And I tell them, you sleep in spite of it yeah. because you're so tired. <laughs> And so we have this back and the forth, back and, forth. and yeah. it's just a lot of teaching and education involved yeah. there. You know, I think a lot of it's just a habit, you know, a bad habit. Right. You're used to falling asleep with the TV on, right. so you get used to that. And it, it, to me, that's just a bad habit, and you can break it, I'm sure, um, like you said. But it's better just to, I think, just to not for the teens. I mean, if they have a TV in their room or whatever, but just it needs to be off. I'm sure that you would say that when it's when it's time to go to bed. Right. So yeah. the operative word here for moms and dads is tough love. You know, you got to show some tough love. Otherwise, right, it doesn't work. Right. How long would you say before, like if they are on their phone or they are watching TV and these kind of things, how long before they actually want to actually fall asleep would you suggest to shut that stuff off? I would like it to be two, but, you know, I'm okay if it's an hour and a half okay. to an hour before. Uh, and that goes for other activities too. Like, you know, uh, people out l- late uh, playing games mm-hmm. or or in sports practice, etc., and uh, that also kind of goes the wrong way in in ha- helping them relax for bedtime. So if you just came back from a major uh, game at nine o'clock p.m., um, you're not going to be ready for bed at nine thirty or ten. You know, you're just not. So so I think looking at the the full day's schedule is quite important to see yeah. when the kids can actually get a chance to relax and wind down. Yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. point. Um, it's not just the electronics, but, and I know my son's had some later practices or games sometimes during the weekend. And yeah, by the time he gets home and then he's hungry again and has to take a shower and it's, then there's no time to, you know, I'm like, you gotta get to bed, you gotta get to bed. There isn't that time to kind of wind down. And then I have noticed some nights he will have a harder time falling asleep and that's probably why. <laughs> right. Heavy meals before bedtime yeah. are also not a good idea. Right. Uh, going to bed hungry is not a good idea either. So right. a, a light snack uh, is okay. Okay. But a heavy meal perhaps doesn't work so well. Right. That's what, not so great. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. I'm here from our sponsor. We're going to come back and talk some more about uh, teens and sleep or lack of. <laughs> so we'll be right back. 
Hey, this is Miriam from Apparently Speaking. Join the Mazda family like I did at Montrose Mazda Kent. You'll love the selection of new and used cars and lease options. We are on our third car from Kent Mazda. We keep going back because of the ease of purchase, and it has been by far the best deal we could find each time. Montrose Mazda Kent, they go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. All right, and we are back talking with Dr. Krishna, and we talked about, um, you know, that the fact that they're they're not getting enough sleep, kids and kids and teens, even younger kids, and you know, talking about you know the the electronics and the phones and all that um, right before bed, and even how you said some other activities, and you know, it's hard to. You probably hear this argument just as you heard some of the other ones, but this one might be a little bit more legitimate. But but I have all this homework. You know, like I'll tell my daughter, you you have to go to bed. It's just way too late. You just have to go to bed. She's like, but I, I mean, I have to, there's no way I'm going to like show up tomorrow without this stuff done. And I get it, but I'm like, yeah, but you're going to be worthless tomorrow <laughs> on, you know, this little amount of sleep. So there's that, it's hard, you know, as a parent because sure she is. has to get it done. And as they grow older and maybe get more AP classes under their right. belt, you know, it becomes tougher and tougher. I I completely understand that. And and uh, both my kids were also into lots of APs and uh, extracurricular activities. So yes, it can take a good chunk out of the day. Um, I think the answer there is probably don't overdo it. Mm. A lot of kids are doing this because they want their resume to look stellar because college is around the corner. And uh, I think they're shooting themselves in the foot uh, by losing out on good health and good sleep. Um, even so, uh, it is tough, but time management skills are very important. So they have to think really hard about where during the day can they take a bite out of this homework or the assignments. And procrastination is also a big culprit here. You know, right. you put this off on Friday and Saturday and then suddenly it's Sunday and you're trying to struggle or you have to meet deadlines. Many teachers give a fair amount of allowance before you need to turn in an, assi- an assignment. And if you just maintain a good school calendar for yourself right. and pace yourself, things can be a lot better. Right. You know? My not, son, yeah, is in seventh grade and he's now, we're like, I'm saying, did you get all your homework done? He's like, yeah, I have, or I have a test, you know, it could be Tuesday. Well, that's not till Thursday. Right. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, but you look, look it over some tonight and some tomorrow. No, 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 I'll do it all tomorrow. So he has to learn those, you know, kind of study skills, I would say, in that you have, if you, like you said, do a little bit each night, then you're not cramming. Or like you said, time management, you know, and I probably need to, talk that through a little bit better with them. Well, let's look at your day. And maybe you have to say no to some activity or some social thing, which is they don't want to do that, but that may have to happen sometimes. Exactly. You can't do it all. And then there are openings within the school day that you can utilize. If Mm -hmm. you don't just sit and gossip, you could utilize, (laughs) you know, a study hall or something like that to advantage. But it it requires a mature it's discipline, yeah. That kids, and, a lot of yeah, kids don't have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I, uh, I'm still bad. I would still be probably just chit chatting it up in the study hall <laughs> myself. So it's hard to say. But but you're right. Just look at the day. But I also wasn't as nearly as busy. You know, the kids now they they're doing so many things. They're busier um, because yeah. they have access to so yes. much uh, yes. information. It's amazing. You know, 
I, I just feel my life was a little bit more relaxed and laid back than yeah. my my own kids. Than you your know? kids, yeah, because yeah, they're try- like you said, they are kind of trying to do it all right. and everything. So, what about what are some of the effects then? You know, like physically, emotionally, mentally, on teens when they don't get enough sleep. Oh boy, you tell me about. <laughs> Ever try to wake up a teenager doesn't yeah. want to get up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a grizzly bear. <laughs> so so that that is just uh, my way of saying uh, mood, mood, uh, especially uh, anger, depression, crankiness, yeah. and interpersonal skills, I think, take a dive. Yeah. Um, I think um, there has been some pretty strong uh, work done showing that um, overweight and obesity... Um, go hand in hand with poor sleep or lack of sleep. In fact, if uh, any of your listeners want to do this exercise of logging onto the CDC website and look at the the map of the United States um, where people lack for sleep by report, you know, and overlay that, the map of the United States where obesity is rampant, it is almost a one-to-one correspondence. Oh, wow. It's okay. it's scary to look at those maps together, and they look like carbon copies of each other. So whatever we are doing socially to our sleep, we are also getting a hit on yeah. our health and our caloric intake and our exercise routines and our weight management goes the wrong way too. So overweight and sleep go hand in hand. Um Drowsy driving is a big thing for teenagers, and they have been. I, I personally know of some people whose uh, whose kids have had near misses or actually have had car wrecks because they were up early going to school or coming back late, you know, and single driver wrecks, you know, which is mostly because you just fell asleep at the just wheel. fell asleep, yeah. Right. Oh. Um, that uh, the immune system suffers. Learning, memory, uh, problem solving, all these skills suffer if your brain is not rested. Yeah. So, in fact, if uh, if you see the data from schools which have initiated later school start times, not only is the tardiness factor low, the attendance is up, um, standardized scores are up, mood is better, quality of life is better, crashes are less. Um, so there, there is data out there pointing all of these things can happen if we do the smart thing, getting enough sleep. Yeah, and I would say that probably all applies to adults as well, right? Absolutely. You know, but, and I tell my kids, you know, sometimes if they're upset about something or they just, I can tell they're starting to have, it's because they're tired. You know, you don't want to use that as an excuse, but it is. And I, I tell them, you know, everything's worse when you're tired. Right. So if you're maybe upset about or a friend said something, you take it, I'm like, if they're up late or they're just exhausted, it's been a long week, I'm like, I think, you know, look at that maybe with fresh eyes after a good night's sleep and see how you feel then because it is. You are more emotional. Everything seems worse uh, when you're tired. Right. And and you get more aches and pains. You get more headachey. You don't want to go to the gym to work out or play with your friends. And also uh, with the change in mood and uh, maybe... Uh, social interactions going uh, against you, there's a higher chance of uh, trying out substances. So alcohol use, smoking, drug use, etc., tends to be higher in children who also report poor sleep. Poor sleep. So it it's, it is associated. Um, yeah, a lot and, of and that's the, scary. A lot of reasons to mm-hmm. get a better night's sleep that you're giving. Definitely, a lot Absolutely. of reasons. I mean, all those things you listed are. 
those are not, that's not a joke. You know, all those things you list, that's, those are all, you know, major things. So like you said, just, it's making me like, oh my gosh, I got to do better myself. Getting, getting some better sleep. But how can, do you think parents can help their teen get more sleep? You know, it's easier when they're younger, they're not as involved with many things. You have a little more control over that. As they're older, you know, I'm, I feel, find myself, you know, how much longer you almost ready? You got to get to bed. You're not going to get enough sleep, da, da, da. But it's just, there's no movement, <laughs> you know, it's like they have right. to finish these things. So do you have any tips or anything like that for parents? Right. I think um, parents can, first of all, most parents, you'd be surprised uh, when they did these telephone surveys at the National Sleep Foundation, et cetera, uh, the discovery was that a lot of parents falsely think that their kids are getting enough sleep. So I think if if you are wondering about it, just try and log the number of hours your child is getting. Help them log themselves, and you will know whether you're in that ballpark of nine plus or minus five point five hours. You know, so eight and a half to nine and a half hours okay. is the range. If you're in that ballpark, you should be good, provided nothing else is going on. You know, uh, in terms of other sleep disorders, etc. So, um, if you feel you're getting it uh, right, do, are you getting it at the right time? Usually, if you plan the day nicely, the night sort of falls into place. And what do I mean by that? Don't sleep in too long on the weekends because, and that's our biggest no-no, you know, <laughs> advice. Because most people tend to catch up on the weekends and guess what? They are getting up at 9, 10, 11, sometimes at lunchtime. And then come Sunday night, knowing that school, it's Monday morning, uh, school time is coming nigh. You can't shift your body clock that easily. So one advice is do not delay your sleep time and your wake-up time on the weekends by any more than one hour. So Yeah, that's a bad thing I think we're in because I'll say... Uh, like with my daughter, just because she's the oldest one, like, well, she's had such a long week or she's been up so late, I'm just going to let her sleep in. Right. So I kind of, you know. And that's not a bad idea, right. but one hour is, is but, a good enough leeway, yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, jet lag studies teach us that the human body, if you move time zones, you can only shift an hour a day. Your melatonin and your hormone rhythms need about an, a whole day to shift an hour of uh, jet lag time. So if you've flown like from here to Paris and gone like eight hours, you you need a week or so to reset completely and feel normal there again, you know. So so you do that every weekend, jet lag yourself. That's one thing. The other thing, big culprit is napping in the afternoons. So when these kids get up early, go to school tired, they want to come back home and nap. And guess what that does? This takes away the drive to sleep at night because one of the reasons why we sleep well at night is it's been so long since we last slept. The longer the number of hours we go without sleep, the more sleepy we will get. If you blow that pressure off in the afternoon by taking a nap, and I'm not talking about a 20-minute nap. I was going to say, what about a power nap? Yeah, power nap, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, no more than that. you got a two-hour nap going, (laughs) then you're not sleeping in the night on time. Then on top of that... Kids will depend more and more on caffeine. There are so many energy drinks and, oh, yeah, and you know bad. power yeah. drinks and out there. And all the coffees they're into now and the whole big thing. Right. Yeah, yeah and those energy drinks. My own research has shown me, uh, and this is published research, that 
a lot of people don't know that their drinks contain caffeine. So when you ask them a simple question, do you drink caffeine? If they say no, or they say I drink non-caffeinated beverages, a good question to ask is can you name what you drink? And you might be surprised that people say, oh, root beer doesn't contain caffeine. But then you have to ask which root beer are you talking about? Because some do and some don't. Some people believe orange sodas don't contain caffeine. That's not true for all orange sodas. So you can go on and on. So have to educate yourself on the caffeine content and know that caffeine can hang around in your system for six to seven hours. And so this late afternoon caffeine may not be such a good no. idea. Yeah, after mm-hmm. school, if they're stopping by, you know, the coffee shop on the way home exactly. or something, that's not the best idea. And obviously, as we talked about earlier, too, keeping the phones out. And the iPads and TV, and the phones out, and the late night heavy meals, and late night exercise. All those things are not good. And then the bedroom environment has to be nice. You know, you have to have it cool and quiet and dark. No uh, electronics in there, and that should probably do the trick for most people. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, would just even you know, like if I say, okay, my daughter's not, you know, getting enough sleep, which I, I know she's not. Just even if we start out like, hey, just an hour difference, that would probably make a big difference, right? Even if it's not up to that nine hours, but like, hey, we're going to just start out and try to get an extra hour and then go from there. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. you can do it even smaller, you okay. know. Uh, don't when, when children come to me or teens come to me telling me that they nap two hours in the afternoon, I don't tell them stop. I tell them take away 15 minutes, you know, the next week and maybe another 15, 20 minutes the week after. Do it slowly. And usually that's an easier pill to swallow than just saying, just let's go cold turkey and not do this, you know. Uh, some people with great willpower can get cold turkey and more power to them, you know. But right. most people can't. And right, so, so just like, okay, baby like steps said, are like good. 15 minutes, let's mm-hmm. try that for a few days, you know, and then see if we can eke out another 15. And I like the idea that you said earlier about writing it down because I think that would be very, you know, just like when you write down, when you journal what you eat and stuff like that, it's like, right. whoa, you know, you don't realize certain things maybe. So I think that would be very, just to see it on paper, like you said, even have your kid, your teen write it down. And then, you know, at the end of the week, you look and say, let's look at that. Let's look at the sleep that you had this week. I think that could be very eye opening to see it on paper. Right. And then if you see this, uh, if you write it down and you can see the journal, a very common pattern is sleeping six hours, seven hours, Monday through Friday, and then sleeping 10 hours yeah. <laughs> each on Saturday, Sunday. And if you total all that up, I actually make my patients go through this exercise, total the entire week up, and then divide that by seven and get those hours equally every single day rather than trying to you know maximize on the weekends, which, which throws your body like clock that. off. Yeah, you know? yeah. that's yeah. a good, I, I like mm-hmm. that exercise. That's that's a really good tip, I think. And I think, you know, this is all just kind of setting them up, right, for their good habits for adulthood. Um, Absolutely. You know, trying to teach them now. And then when they go to college and things, I know that that may change all again, but, you, you know, they have to then on their own, say, try to commit to getting some sleep. And I know that's different in college, you know, again, but um, just to kind of set them up for these good habits. Right. If you plant those good habits now, hopefully they will last them a lifetime. Right. Hopefully. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for being here. I think it was really um, enlightening and and very practical and some really good takeaways. I think that's a lot of my listeners really like some good takeaways. What can I try to do today, tomorrow to, to make a difference? And you gave us a lot of really good things to do and not to do. Thank so you, Miriam, Thank you for so much me. for being here. It was a pleasure. Thank you. I had fun. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.
This episode has been sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at NortheastOhioParent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at NortheastOhioParent.com.